Bad fans with hot pants and socks and a 50-point white. Bad fans without pants with a 52-inch size waist or size-inch waist or whatever it is, <laughs> whatever it is now. You forgot one thing. It was bad fans without pants without socks with a 52-inch size waist. <laughs> oh, dang it. Okay. Hey, everybody. This is bad fans without pants and socks with a 52-inch size waist. There we go. That's it, right? Well, should we do All it right. where... Every episode, we gain a few pounds and our waist size grows. <laughs> or a 53-inch waist now. No, no, no. No, because if if DC in like 75 years reboots uh, their universe again, then we can uh, change our name okay. to uh, 53. That's <laughs> only if they go to, with the 53, gotcha. you know. So whatever number they decide on <laughs> for the next universe is going to be our waist size. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, this is episode number 53. My name is Dane, and I have Tim with me. Tim, why don't you tell the good people hello? Hello, hello. You all good people. <laughs> Otherwise, I threw like y'all in there. <laughs> Not from Texas. <laughs> you just want it to sound cool, Tim. Just admit it. But did that really make you sound cool? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's it's because you you have to get into the new trends, you know, like uh, I don't know, rollerblading or. <laughs> I rollerbladed a lot actually as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> you fell into that trend. Yeah, everyone else was skateboarding, but I was rollerblading. <laughs> Were you the only person in your neighborhood that was rollerblading? No, it was me, my brother, and like two of our friends. It was like four of us. <laughs> and everybody else. Was, yeah. But then one everybody of my friends was on a skateboard. So one of my friends though converted to a skateboarder not too long after. <laughs> it's like guys, you know, this is a little. I don't want to say dumb, but it's not skateboarding. It's not as cool as skateboarding, right? That's funny, though, because I was, like, 12, and I haven't uh, hit my growth spurt yet, <laughs> and everyone's a few years older than me, so whenever we'd go rollerblading, they'd be far ahead, and I'd be, like, <laughs> way behind, making my way up to the <laughs> By the time I catch up, oh, we're on our way back, we're done. <laughs> so so did you, go, did you go all the way to uh, where they ended off and then turn around? Or did you just turn around when they turn when they came back? Yeah, pretty much turn around when they come back. <laughs> oh man, what other bad trends were you in into? <laughs> yeah, you see some of the clothes I wore as a kid. <laughs> Everybody's guilty of that, man. That's, yeah. It's like, and plus you you don't have control over that because. You know, your parents buy you what yep. they buy you, and you don't really have a say in it. So if they're going to buy you a purple shirt with, with fluorescent green shorts, that's what you're wearing. <laughs> Stand out was, like, bright orange polka dot shorts, <laughs> I remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, for me, like, I, I don't know why, but I, I had some sort of connection to purple shirts, so, so, some sort of obsession with purple shorts. I mean, uh, shirts, shirts, sorry. I don't know what it was. Um, I don't know why my parents allowed me to do that, but uh, th- there's, there's like, a treasure trove of pictures at my parents' house with me in uh, purple shirts for, like, no reason. I mean, I don't know... What I was trying to do. You weren't trying you to know? be a Joker. There's a good reason. Oh yeah, yeah. I'll, ju- I'll just um, I'll just say that just to make go. myself feel better. <laughs> uh, just trying to be the Joker. You know, get in on the Joker trend. You know, before the Dark Knight came out. <laughs> and what? Uh, fifteen years before you were setting the trend. Yeah, like fifteen years before, before you know, purple became a thing. You know, I I was the originator. You know, I, I was there from day one. So you were even ahead of Mace Windu and his purple lightsaber. You, you would yeah. play with like a lightsaber, yeah. pretend it was purple. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Samuel L. Jackson ripped me off. You know, <laughs> uh, purple. <laughs> I I I just I just don't even want to think about it. You know, it's like I had some of the stupidest haircuts, the stupidest clothes, and I was into like the stupidest things. Thank God I decided to hold on to nothing but Batman, you know, <laughs> in, in my adult age. <laughs> yeah, my thing with old T-shirts was that a lot of shirts I would like. I remember back, like, late 80s and stuff, when Nintendo was really, like, first getting big. They had, like, these Mario shirts, and I really wanted them, but they were way too big, but I'd wear them anyway, so it would look like I'd be wearing a shirt. <laughs> it's a fits with our title. I'd be wearing a shirt without pants. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> and actually, go outside looking like that, like a what was oh, that? <laughs> uh, I hope you like sit your parents down, both of them, at the same time, and just be like, "I can't believe you guys let me dress like that. Yep. I can't believe you guys let me have a haircut like that." And how how could you, as good as good as you think you are, as parents? Why didn't you stop me? I give him a hard time almost every time we talk about our childhood. But then the response is, oh, that's what you wanted to wear. You wanted to do it, wear it or look like that. But you should have known better. You should have known I look like an idiot. Yeah, I was only a little kid. I didn't know any better. I thought I looked cool. Which is what all we do. Which is what all of us want. You know, we just want to look cool in the end and you know with these pictures as evidence yeah with these pictures as evidence you know you you might as well just stop you know I mean you've already uh, ruined your coolness by doing that so might as well just be yourself I guess (laughs) wear like purple shirts and (laughs) Nintendo shirts and (laughs) Nintendo shirts that cover your shorts (laughs) (laughs) There's actually video of that, so if everyone wants to blackmail me or something. Oh, man. You, you have to put that up on YouTube or something. <laughs> I don't know, playing baseball out of school. <laughs> I was wearing that. So so did you have short shorts on, or did you just... Yeah, they were short shorts. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> like high waters? <laughs> My socks were probably high up, too. <laughs> And they're probably like fluorescent colored, right? 
I was also in a phase too where my socks had to match my shirt. If I was wearing a red shirt, oh, I'd have to wear red socks. <laughs> <laughs> and it's sadly, there's video of that too. <laughs> this is probably before your time, but did you? I mean, uh, after your time, sorry. But did you wear the the shoes that light up? When no. you stepped? My younger brother, oh. though, he had some. Oh, God. Those look so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> just, it, just so stupid. Why would you want that? <laughs> what good does that Yeah, but, like, yeah. I mean, we can see that as adults, but if we were little kids right now, we would be the ones that would want those lighting up shoes whenever you step. And they're especially dangerous if you're trying to run away from someone and hiding. <laughs> <laughs> you try to make a movie you light up. <laughs> You know, just ditch the shoes and just run into the socks. <laughs> there you go. Oh, man. That's enough of embarrassing ourselves, I think. <laughs> At least we're honest. At least we're not like, oh, I'm the coolest little kid. I, you know, I skateboarded, I wakeboarded, I snowboarded. You know, at least we're not like that. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, I guess we should get. We should uh, talk about some Batman, right? That would be for nice. the. Well, this is going to be our Batman. fashion show, <laughs> fashion episode. Yeah, yeah. We should just critique fashions. <laughs> like, uh, we should see what Dustin's wearing right now. <laughs> just be like, uh, you know that 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 doesn't look good with your form, or whatever, <laughs> whatever those fashionistas say. <laughs> uh, that outfit clashes with your hair or your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's like, uh, you don't have the body type to be wearing a thong, Dustin. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But anyway, uh, you know what, let's just do our commentary, right, Tim? Yeah, let's do it. I think with the scene we're on, we can critique a lot of people's fashion. (laughs) Yeah, we can critique um, Alfred's uh, suit. Yeah. Do you want (laughs) to... And all the different maids, if we get to that scene. (laughs) Oh, and I'm just... Okay. All right, so uh, j- just queue up your digital download or your DVD or your Blu-ray to um, the eight-minute mark. We're going from minute eight to minute nine, so we're finally making some progress. And, you know, next episode, we're finally going to be into the the double digits of this movie. So close. It's hard to believe almost. Yep. So uh, just j- queue up your uh, your media. Is there that like go. a general term that I can use? Yeah. Okay. All right. Your media to uh, uh, minute eight of the Dark Knight Rises, and I'm going to give the countdown. So, Tim, are you ready? Do you have your two pieces of popcorn? I splurged and took three. Should I throw the third piece out? Yeah, because you're cheating. All That's right. cheating. Because for the first 30 seconds, you need to you need to eat the first one. And the last 30 seconds, you get to enjoy the second one. All right, it's in the trash right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, I'm going to give the countdown. So three, two, one, hit play. I don't know about the mayor's suit. <laughs> <laughs> but Gordon has a nice suit. Yeah, he has a nice suit. I, I don't know about the glasses, though. <laughs> no, I was actually... Uh, glad we actually got a flashback real quick of what happened to the Dark Knight. Yeah. 
something really brief. And you also have the pictures of uh, Harvey Dent in the background. Yeah. I know it's just to say that, oh, just in case you forgot, for the general audience, you don't know what he's talking about. This is what it is. But still, even as diehard fans, <laughs> knowing what happened, it's still cool to see it in this movie, too. Just because yeah. Two-Face looked awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's so listening intently. <laughs> no one has a smile. Oh, right? No, we're not going to make it through. And that's it. <laughs> Nope, we're not making it through. <laughs> well, we're not going to be able to critique the Alfred's suit and the different maids <laughs> and their dresses that they're wearing next time, uh, if we make it that far. I doubt it, but <laughs> you're still hoping. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> One can have a dream, can't they? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Tim, why don't you tell us your dream about the future topic that we had for yeah. this episode? You know what? This is just happening coincidentally, but it is kind of going to tie into what we're talking about, our different clothes and looks that we had as kids, because it's going to be... Wait, 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 Tim, Tim, wait. I, I kept on reminding myself to tell this story, but um, okay. like uh, last week, Friday, I think it was, like I, I had the strangest dream that uh, me and Terrence uh-huh. were in... Um, we're in a we're in a Walmart, and Terrence was trying to goat me into stealing stuff from Walmart. <laughs> oh man! I don't know. It was like the weirdest thing, and like I woke up and I was like, "Why am I dreaming about Terrence?" <laughs> you just miss him so much. Oh yeah, I miss him with all my heart. Only in your dreams is can you hear his voice again. <laughs> or just go back to some old episodes. <laughs> yeah. But the question is, did you listen to him, or did you remain strong and do the right thing? Or did you wake up before oh. you made a decision? <laughs> yeah, I, I think, like, he told me to start stealing stuff, because he, he had already been stealing stuff. <laughs> and like, he, he, he told me um, to... To steal stuff, and, like, I think I woke up after that. Okay, so you didn't go through with it, or you didn't say you weren't going to do it. It's left to interpretation, I guess. <laughs> we create our own endings to your dream. <laughs> well, then I'm going to choose that you did the right thing, and you told Terrence off and walked out of yeah. the door. Or, or maybe um, Terrence is, like, inception- inceptioning me. <laughs> And, like, he's, like, trying to, like, steal secrets from my head uh, through my dreams. Or plant something in there. Is it a... Make you steal something in real life. He's planting it in there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What What was he planning? Obviously, he wants something from Walmart. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess so. Either that, or he wants me to steal something for him from my local Walmart and send to him. Uh, we just uncovered uh, a conspiracy here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, an Inception conspiracy. I haven't seen that movie in a long time. <laughs> yeah, me too. I I can't remember, like... The, the the fine plots the the fine details of that yeah. movie, it's like yeah they go into people's dreams but like you know when they bridged into other people's dreams like yeah. like like Leonardo DiCaprio bridged into uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's dream yeah they had the different levels of dreams yeah yeah like, like how did that work and like why were they in that snowy place like whose dream was that yeah I don't remember whose was whose <laughs> since I only seen it once yeah it was 
almost 40 years ago now, but yeah, that's, the whole concept was cool at a different level, but exactly how it all worked, I'm a little sketchy on right now. It yeah, it's kind of like one of those, yeah, it's kind of like one of those movies where it's like, who cares, you know, just, let's just watch a cool movie. You yeah, know? exactly. It's good. <laughs> but anyway, back to the topic. <laughs> so this one is going to be about our favorite Batman slash Batman characters, looks and designs, and I'm sure they're going to have we're going to pick better ones than how we looked as kids. <laughs> but I just think it's Hopefully. funny how <laughs> that conversation was no way planned with this, and yet it's going to tie into more fashion critiques. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll start off, and I promise not every one of my picks is going to be from Batman the Animated Series. <laughs> but to start off, I will go with one from Batman the Animated Series, and it's going to be Batman. But specifically, Batman from the new Adventures of Batman, the revamp design. I just love the simplicity of that design that he had. Just a simple black and gray, no armor or anything, just, just a black, almost like a t-shirt type spandex. The boots, the cape, the gloves, the cowl, and the black bat symbol in the center and the utility belt. That's it. Nice and simple. I mean, it's cool. I think the armor look, or like the Arkham games and the Dark Knight trilogy does look cool when done right, but for me, I've always preferred just a simple look of Batman, <laughs> just the plain outfit with the just the black and gray. I mean, you can't go wrong with that. And just, I think he never looked cooler than he did in the new Batman Adventures when he had those, like, silhouette shadow shots. They did such a good job in directing certain episodes where he's in the shadows and you just see his eyes or his silhouette. I think that's the coolest he's looked within that series. So for Batman, that's definitely my favorite. Of course, you could choose tons of different Batman designs, but that one just holds a special place for me. <laughs> just because it's so simple and yet still looks so cool. But for Batman, how about you, Dane? Which one's your favorite? You know, I've a- I actually gave this some thought. <laughs> uh, wow. <laughs> um, but probably, probably the Arkham Origins bat suit the, or, or look. Yeah. Bruce still had that armored look, but it looked more realistic. It did. It didn't look all bulky like the Arkham uh, City and Arkham Asylum did, and they really improved the Batsuit, especially the cowl, which looked absolutely ridiculous in the first two games, uh, and George Clooney esque. I don't know about so, that. But <laughs> well, it was kind of bordering on that. It, it, the tall ears. And the the eyes, the real eyes, it's like, ugh, I don't I know if I can stand that. That's maybe just the one critique about the Arkham Origin, or the Arkham games in general, how he doesn't have the lenses or the, the white eyes. You don't yeah. see his pupils. I mean, it still looks cool, but when he has the white eyes, it just looks more better. <laughs> he does in detective mode, though. Yeah, but you're usually, like, either first person or to the back, <laughs> facing his back. You don't get too much good looks like that. Because of the cutscene, it's never in detective mode. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's it, it's also, like, more... It's more realistic in the sense that it's more... It looks more like the Christian Bale Batsuit, where it looks more like armor instead of just added iron plating, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And it, it, it looks... It, it just looks more realistic, you know? It, it doesn't look like Batman's strap, like... I don't know, like iron plates onto his chest and his arms and, you know, I mean, especially the arms because, like, the gloves for, like, the first two games, they looked ridiculously big, like cartoony big, like the the Hulk hands that you, that you can get. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
that's that's literally what they look like to me. And this one, yeah, in Origins, yeah, it's it's kind of big, but you know, it's it it looks practical. It doesn't look like you know it it looks really heavy. <laughs> I never really noticed that with the gloves in the first two games, but. I don't know if I have a sense now. If I pop it in, I'm going to know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> I probably yeah. won't get that. <laughs> yeah, and, like, they, they also got uh, the shoulders and the cape right, because in the first two Arkham games, the, I mean, like, Batman's shoulders were pretty much just, like, flat. And then it, it, it looked like a box from behind. It, it, if you looked at, you know, Batman from the back, it looked like a box. It, it starts from, like, the middle of his neck, and then you can kind of, like, go straight across his shoulders and down down the cape and then meet at the bottom of the cape. It looked like a perfect square. And that looked kind of like, I don't know, it, it, it looked like a really bad design choice on the, on Rocksteady's, or by Rocksteady, but um, they nailed the color, too, of the Batsuit. Yeah. The black and gray has always been my favorite. I mean, I like the blue and gray, but... The black and gray just looks better, <laughs> but I will have to, I have to give props to uh, the first 1989 Batman suit because before that movie happened, there is no way I even conceived of Batman being all in black. And when I first saw that, I was like, I was literally blown away as a little kid, saying, "Oh man, that looks awesome! That's like the coolest Bat suit ever." And I remember on previous episodes saying how disappointed I was when Batman the animated series first came on and he didn't wasn't all in black. <laughs> and that one just thought Batman should be all in black now, but. Well, I changed my views as a nine-year-old kid back then when the animated series first premiered, but the original uh, and Batman Returns suits, those first two suits, still I still look at them fondly as being really cool Batman suits. And just for the views in the first ones to be all black and kind of sending, starting a new trend in a way for Batman costumes. So I had to give that a mention, too. But I guess for certain characters, just... Of course, I'm not going to go through every single Batman character <laughs> and villain picking our favorite designs and looks, but a few ones for me that stand out, ones that have various different designs. Next, I guess, would probably be Robin, and my favorite one with him would have to be definitely the Tim Drake's first outfit when he became Robin. Though, like Pretty much the first redesign Robin had. It's just the perfect blending of updating it but still keeping the classic look, too, and the black and yellow kit was really cool, too. And I remember even actually, me and my little brother actually got, uh, actually he wore most where he got a black towel and a yellow towel, doubled up the cave just to, to make it look like the new Bob <laughs> costume. And then that's pretty much stick. Of course, there's been different ones where Tim had got the all red, but for the most part, the black and yellow cape design is something that's stuck with Robin now pretty much forever. It seems like every incarnation will have that design. He won't just have the yellow cape anymore. It's going to have that black. Yeah, but that first Tim Drake one, I think, is uh, probably as good as it's going to get for a Robin costume. It's pretty hard to top that. Would you agree, or am I <laughs> just giving too much love to the original Tim Drake costume? You're just a fanboy giving too uh, much love <laughs> to one thing. <laughs> I know Robert would no, this year. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, all you need to do is mention Robin and say, <laughs> I liked Robin this. And he'd be like, oh, yeah, that was the greatest thing in the world. And, you know, I, I got like 500 figures of that <laughs> specific Robin. <laughs> it's probably true. Um, so should should I do Robin or should I – or can I take whatever I want? Yeah, take whatever you want. I am going to say one that doesn't get a lot of love is uh, uh, Tim Sale's Poison Ivy. 
from Long Halloween. That's a pretty good choice. I, yeah, I love that design. I mean, he just took Poison Ivy from like this. At the time when I read this, I was like, I don't want to read a Poison Ivy story. It's like, who, who, who's Poison Ivy? Why would I want to read a story about her? And he took, you know, that and just made it this freaky, you know, is she part plant? Is she part and part human? Or is she like, did she put like leaves in her hair? And, you know, j- just the way she was revealed in uh, Long Halloween 2 also adds to that um, that design. And, you know, when, when, uh, when, Catwoman rips off Bruce's shirt, and he has, like, all, all the leaves on his chest. I don't know what it is about Tim Sale and drawing leaves, but that <laughs> looked like an infection or a rash, like a really bad rash, and it grossed me out completely. I don't know why, um, but, um, yeah, I would say um, Tim Sale's Poison Ivy from Long Halloween. That's a really interesting choice. I never really probably would have thought of that when you mentioned it. It's like, yeah, I mean, the way he did the leaves <laughs> on Poison Ivy... Like, yeah. pretty much stuff you don't see too much anymore. More of, like, make up your hair and all that. Yeah. <laughs> Good choice. <laughs> Another one. Maybe she wasn't, like, uh, Uma Thurman. Uh, <laughs> those pink hair for some reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I guess my next choice would be another character who's had tons of different looks throughout the years for Catwoman. And my favorite design for her is actually one I had to come around on. But I think probably my favorite look that she has was... Uh, how she was drawn in Hush by Jim Lee with uh, with the goggles. Before, I'd never liked Catwoman with the goggles. I kind of preferred her just with the mask. Wow, really? Yeah, for the long time. It took me forever to turn around on that. Mm. But, yeah, once it started becoming the norm, or that's what it sort of cost for a long time, it kind of just started growing on me, I guess, and I just started accepting it. And then when I saw different things or different costumes that she would have without it, it made me start missing it. You know what? That's actually a really good design. <laughs> and, the goggles work really well. It makes it look more like a cat. So how she looked in Hush, and this is the way Jim Lee drew her in general with the goggles and all that. It's probably my favorite design of her. And I know when Dark Knight Rises was being developed and the cat one was going to be in, we were hoping that she was going to have that look. And while she did have some goggles, it wasn't quite the look of how she had it in the comics at the time. But, yeah, so I probably have to go with that cat one look as her best design. And Hathaway only wears the, the goggles like two or three times in that movie, huh? I think you're right. And not very long either. She either flips them up and she rides out on the fat pod, or she she's wearing them, but then she flips them up to see. Yeah, it, I mean, it it is kind of controversial, but I kind of like Anne Hathaway's look in uh, Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, her, uh, her Catwoman. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I know, like, a lot of people didn't like it, but, I mean... The big question was, where's the ears? Where are her ears? <laughs> Well, when she pops the thing up, exactly. the, the goggles up, you can see the ears. And yeah, I mean, that very first image of her on the bat side or the bat pod, and her goggles were down. It didn't look like she had the ears. Everyone freaked out. I remember, <laughs> like, oh, come on. Yeah, yeah, and I remember feeling kind of bad, like, uh, for, bad for her because like everybody was like bashing her and was, like, that's not Catwoman. You know, where's the ears? Where's the goggles? And it's like, oh, my God. I know. Uh, <laughs> it's going to happen again just whenever we get uh, more reveals for the Batman-Superman movie, that's for sure. Yeah, just wait until the Batsuit comes out. Yeah. It's going to okay. be just the ugliest thing I've ever seen in my entire life, etc. <laughs> At least for Anne Hathaway's costume. And go with one of her earlier co- comic costumes where she actually had a full-on cat mask with fur and everything. 
<laughs> just go straight Julie Newmar on it. Just like like a, a crappy mask and like you can clearly tell it's Julie Newmar. <laughs> well, I would say Anne Hathaway's outfit was kind of a updated, better version of the Julie Newmar costume. It kind of had the same feel, but just yeah, you're right. Yeah, a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just gonna get this out of the way since you know another animated series pick was coming. <laughs> but there's no way I can't mention the Scarecrow from the new Batman Adventures design. That's the ultimate Scarecrow look ever. I mean, uh, Batman Begins and The Dark Knight, Scarecrow took stuff from it and it did look cool, but still didn't top that great design he had with the hat, the mask, where this looks like pretty much the Grim Reaper with the noose around his neck. Just so awesome. He was literally, I shouldn't say literally looked like a Scarecrow because he looks scarier than a Scarecrow, but that look just embodied what he's all about, fear. And I've yet to see some that surpassed it. And there has been quite a few different Scarecrow designs. I mean, there was even three different looks in the animated series, but then when you got all the different comic looks too. But, yeah, I don't think it's going to be real hard to top that one for me. That's just the perfect Scarecrow look. How do you feel about uh, Killian Murphy's one? Yeah, it's, it's pretty high up there for me. Like I said, it kind of took things, I thought, from that look just to kind of make it more like, scary in a way, but not quite as scary yeah. as the one the animated series got. I would have loved to see lap suit interpreted in live action, because I think that would have been really cool to see. I just wish uh, Cillian Murphy's Scarecrow had a hat. I would love to see what he looked like with a hat. I don't know. that With that mask, I don't know if a hat would have really improved anything. <laughs> I think it would have made it look even, I mean, a, a little bad. <laughs> you might be right. I just at least wanted to see how it looked. I want to see a good Photoshop version or something. <laughs> um, For me... Uh, no surprise here. No, no, completely no surprise, Tim. <laughs> and I think you know where I'm going. It's going to be a female character, right? <laughs> How did you know? <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say uh, J.H. Williams, uh, Batwoman, because that's a great interpretation of it. I mean. You can look back in like the history of Batman, and it looks kind of like whatever you know. It looks like a, just like a normal, a normal costume that somebody would put together. But I don't know. I, was, I, I guess it's you know the colors and the the way he draws that just makes it so striking. You know, with the with the white face. I know a lot of people don't like the white face with the red lips, lipstick, and uh, you know the red hair, the long red hair wig, um, but. Man, I, I sometimes I can't I can't stop looking at it. It's just so it's a masterpiece, and like I, I hope that yeah, J.H. Williams has done like a lot of things, but like I hope he's remembered mostly for Batwoman and his design of Batwoman, you know. So yeah, I'm gonna pick Batwoman. <laughs> that kind of sounds like too, since they're on the book so long, that is gonna always be the ultimate look of the character of Batwoman is going to be his version. Because it's like you said, it's yeah. so unique and distinctive. And plus, uh, for right now anyway, it's like the longest running look that she had. So I can definitely see why you picked that one. <laughs> Just wait for my next one. <laughs> <laughs> well, for me, this will probably be my final one, the ones that I really thought about anyway, but how can I not do one of the Joker? <laughs> and geez, that was another hard pick for me to really pick one that I thought would embodies a character and to me the image when I think of Joker an image that stands out or a look that stands out to me 
And I, had, I will say this, early, the animated series design has never really been my, Joker has never really been one of my favorites. They, nev- they didn't really nail it until it got to Justice League and Batman Beyond Return of the Joker, where they nailed his design. But the first two, I mean, yeah, they're they're fine. But the second one with the eyes, I know a lot of people didn't like, but I didn't mind it. But it just wasn't perfect. But when I think of the ultimate Joker look, I probably have to go with Brian Boland's killing joke. In particular... Oh, you took mine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> in particular, that one shot of that real iconic where he falls into the chemicals... He takes off the red hood mask, and you just see his face and all the ha ha ha's in the background. He has his head, his hands over his head with his hair. I just love that look. I mean, that's the Joker right there. Crazy, psychotic. I mean, just everything about the character is embodied in that image. So, yeah, it was a hard pick for the Joker, but I got to give it to Brian Boland's killing joke. Yeah, so I also pick <laughs> Brian Boland's killing joke, Joker, uh, but for a different reason, and that reason is because. There's a few uh, panels of Joker, specifically the one right after or um, right before he goes into his first flashback. It's kind of kind of a reflection off of like a a glass, mm-hmm. and like he looks so like sad and desperate because he's thinking about these things that happened to him that made him the way he is, and it's just so sad. It's probably one of the only times I've ever felt sorry for the Joker, you know? <laughs> it's like, it's... He, he has this look on his face like he's been defeated, and you never see that. He's always smiling, he's always jumping for joy and stuff. He's never down. And, like, just that one little image, like, he, he just looks so sad, and, like I said, desperate, and, you know, just, you know, realizing all the mistakes he made, and not that psychotic, chaotic person that you know he is in the regular comics and also that that last page where uh joker delivers the punchline uh, for the joke yeah and he's kind of like smiling he's trying to get you know some uh some uh what is it called you know a, a smile out of batman and you know just everything we've read before that he's this he left a good job to become a stand-up comedian and he sucked at it and, you know, he's so desperate in that moment to make Batman smile. And then Batman smiles. And then, you know, whether you want to believe it or not, Batman kills him. You know, <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I, 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 just, I just love those two images. And, I mean, Brian Bowen's Joker is one of the best. And you, you can tell he put so much detail into every single picture that of the Joker that he, um, that he drew. And, you know, it took him, like, what, two years or something to draw it? And that really shows. So, uh, yeah, uh, I'm with you, Tim, on Brian Bowen's Joker. Nice. At least we agreed on one of the characters, at least. <laughs> yeah. But as, as far as uh, movie Jokers, I don't know if I ever asked you this, which one do you think is better, the Jack Nicholson look or the Heath Ledger look? I mean, they're both great, and they both serve their movies well. But did you have a preference of if you had to pick one, which one you like better? <laughs> I'm going old school, Tim. I'm going Cesar Romero. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, how can anyone top the mustache? <laughs> no, it, it's definitely Heath Ledger. I mean, j- j- taking taking the uh, uh, the look of the Joker and making it practical. You know, it's war paint. You know, all that stuff. Uh, didn't explain the purple suit and how he got it, but he just uh, like you as a or I guess you bought it. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, actually, he does explain. Remember, he stole it off uh, oh, the Russian. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, goes, yeah. yeah that's... You ought to know. You bought it. Yeah, yeah you're right. I, was, I was it the was Russian or Sal Maloney? No, no, he, he was talking about his money because Joker stole his money and then he went out and bought the suit. No, but someone he didn't made steal a, it from. No, someone made a comment about we're not like taking orders from some clown in a cheap purple suit because it's not cheap. You ought to know. You bought it. Yeah, yeah. but even then, it, it can be interpreted as <laughs> he got the money and then he spent it on the the purple suit. Uh, maybe, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Look how deeply we're interpreting <laughs> a lot. <Yeah. laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, it's probably Heath Ledger Joker, and like um, uh, especially with the scars, the uh, the two scars on the side of his mouth to make the smile. I thought that was genius. Yeah, absolutely genius to make the smile without making you know somebody with a big smile smile. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And it's like, uh, yeah, that's so, so smart. I agree with everything you said about Heath Ledger's Joker 100%, but this is the part of me that prefers the Jack Nicholson Joker look the best, because it's, it's just classic Joker, really. In particular, the my favorite probably shot of him from the whole movie is after um, he kills uh, the mob boss. Um, see, why I'm blanking on his character's name, and I should know it. I've seen the movie thousands of times almost. <laughs> Don't feel bad, I am too. I can't remember. <laughs> I know they say it a lot too. Uh, that was gonna bug me for the podcast. But anyway, after he kills him, he's reading the newspaper, and then he's reading about Batman. He just puts it down and looks at the camera and says, "Wait, they get a load of me." I just love that look that he has there. Just pretty much the Joker I always grew up reading from the comics of how he looked was right there. That image always stood out to me. And so, as great as Heath Ledger's look was, it was different. It worked for the movie. It's a great idea, like you said, with the scars being the reason for the smiles. But I just have to go with classic Joker. <laughs> and that's the feeling I got with Jack Nicholson. Yeah. You know what makes that Joker so great, Jack Nicholson's Joker, is the fact that, um, you know, after he gets the surgery and stuff, it looks like really, really bad plastic surgery. Yeah. And then you look where he got the plastic surgery or the surgery or whatever, <laughs> and <laughs> it looks like some back backwater back alley surgeon that may or may not have a degree in surgery. <laughs> I think there's like a doctor who had his license revoked. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can definitely see why he got his license revoked. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's probably like a crime doctor or something. And that was the only way you can get work. Yeah. Grissom, that's what was his name. Carl Grissom. Grissom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Glad that's out because it would have bugged me. Yeah. Man, they they, re, they revealed the Joker really well in that movie. Yeah. And I don't think he gets a lot of credit for that. Oh, yeah. That whole scene where he walks into his office and you really don't see his face until he steps yeah. out of the shadow. That was, that's awesome. So, so what would you say was the better reveal? Um, uh, the Harvey Two-Face? Or Joker from uh, uh, the, the Batman '89. Yeah, just talking about it now. I have to go with Batman '89. <laughs> I was just done perfectly, <laughs> in my opinion. Um. Well, anyway, is that it, Tim? Yeah, that's it for my choices for characters. I think have the best designs. I mean, we <laughs> could go on forever if we wanted to. Yeah. Yes, we could. Um, so. Uh, I guess we can do some news. There's been a ton of Gotham news, so oh, yeah. um, I think we should just get to it, right, Tim? Yeah, for character looks, 
more tie in with looks and designs. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I know. I think we should start a fashion podcast. Yeah. I mean what are we doing doing a Batman podcast? <laughs> we're the flat we're the fashion police. <laughs> um but um so so pretty much we we just got our first look at a lot of characters. Yeah. You know, we got a look at Penguin, we got a good look at uh Bullock, we got a good look at Ben McKenzie as um as Gordon. And uh did we see uh, uh I can't remember her name. Uh what's her name? <laughs> we got Catwoman or Selena Kyle. <laughs> yeah, Selena Kyle, yeah. Let's just say that. <laughs> uh we got our first look at her and we got our first look at um uh Bruce. Yep. David something. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> Can't actors have normal last names now? <laughs> like everyone has just, a weird name. Just John Smith. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, and we also got a, our first look at uh, Jada Pinkett Smith. Easy, a good easy name, Jada Pinkett Smith. Um, as uh, what's her name? Like Fishy Moon or something? Yeah, Moony Fish. fish. Yeah. <laughs> the word fish yeah. is in there. Yeah, somewhere. Um, so uh, Tim. You only you can only pick one. Okay. Which one is the best one? Best looking one. Not not character wise. Not like oh I like Gordon, so I'm gonna pick Gordon. Uh, which who, who looks the best? I'm gonna have to go with a different choice than I'd probably <laughs> normally make regarding a character. I'm gonna say Oswald Cobblepot, the Penguin. I think this guy looks dead on as a young Oswald Cobblepot. He's not as yeah fat as he'll eventually get but he has his face it's perfect for it he has the nose the profile everything like right when i first saw him that's that's a young penguin that's oswald cobblepot right there and we'll see if he gains weight and gets a little shorter but <laughs> i think he definitely has the face for the penguin he was the one that jumped out at me at first like yeah they nailed that with his casting yeah for me it's gonna be uh bullock that's not a joke <laughs> um Man, I, I like Donald Logue's look in, in the show. I mean, it's he, yeah. he's got the beard and he looks he looks like he's he's been on the job a long time, yep. you know. And and even uh, uh, Ben McKenzie as Gordon that surprised me. That really did surprise me. Uh, he, he he doesn't he doesn't have that baby face look that that I was afraid of, you know, where he looks too young and cute. Uh-huh. He he looks like he's his age, like he, he looks like he's like thirty, mid thirties maybe, yeah. and you know he he doesn't have that young guy look. I mean he he kind of does, but it, it it's more of a um, a gritty like look. A, yeah, doesn't look like a kid, like you said. He looks young, but he's not a kid. Looks young, but he doesn't at the same time, which is really go- cool. Yeah, but the, the sad thing is, now we're talking about people complaining about. Uh, and Hathaway's Catwoman not having the cat ears right away. The Uh-oh. new thing now is, where's his mustache and where's his glasses? <laughs> okay, Tim, I have some top secret information about this Gotham TV show. Ooh, spill it. All right. This is this is a Bat Fans Without Pants and Socks and a 52-inch size waist exclusive. It's going to be CG. <laughs> his mustache is going to be CG'd on. <laughs> Oh wow! There goes the show. Half the show's budget to his CG. 
<laughs> oh, that would be funny if, like, yeah, like they did, and like half of the show's budget went to the mustache. <laughs> it's like, it's like Ben, we love you as a character. We want to cast you, but you just can't grow a good mustache. So we're gonna cast you, but we're gonna CG in your mustache. <laughs> But I'm just saying that online's bugging me. Like, oh, come on, really? You're complaining about that? It's just, he's a rookie. Well, I don't know if he's a rookie, but he's a young detective early in his career. He's not right. there yet. He's going to develop. He's going to grow a mustache. His eyesight will get worse <laughs> as the years go by for him to get glasses. His eyesight will get worse. <laughs> but, yeah, I agree with what you said. But the one thing, uh, one, one I was disappointed with would probably be Selena Kyle's look. Not that she looks bad, but it's just that they're already trying to make her look like Catwoman already when she's a young kid. I'm like, uh, really, do they have to do that? I mean, she has the leather jacket already. She has the goggles <laughs> on her head, which always I was uh, complaining about. <laughs> well, I would love to see more of that in live action, and now I'm getting it, but yet I don't want her to have it, so <laughs> I'm kind of contradicting myself. But I just think they're trying too hard to make her look like she's in the Catwoman outfit as a young kid. I don't know if you got that vibe, but... I was like the one character I was disappointed with how she looked so far. Well, she's supposed to be a street kid, Tim. She's supposed to be all rough and tum- like cool and stuff like that. So what better than what better way than to give her a leather jacket, right? Yeah, but does she have to be all in black and with the goggles too? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you've got a point there. Um, but yeah, I don't really have any complaints about that. But now that you bring it up, it's kind of like. Yeah, you guys are clearly trying too hard to connect your show with, you know, the Batman universe. And it's like, uh... Yeah, it's like with Penguin. They didn't give him glasses or a monocle. He's not wearing a top hat just yet. Yeah. Like I said, he's the perfect idea of what I want to see more of in the show. If they're going to introduce a bunch of these Batman villains as younger characters, I hope it's more in line with what they're doing with uh, Penguin. More so. Yeah, but the thing about Penguin is it's subtle. Yeah, so you would ha- probably have to be a Batman fan to see it. You know, he he has he looks slick. He looks he's he he has the suit. Um, you know, he he could fit in with like a high class society. Yeah, and it's it's not so hand fisted where you know he has the monocle. He's short. He's fat. You know, he has that big nose and stuff like that. Kind of like what they did with with Cap- with uh, Selena Kyle. Mm-hmm. Another. <laughs> My voice went out there for a second. <laughs> but another character who we forgot to mention who got revealed in an official picture was Alfred, too. And Alfred looks oh, yeah, good, too. Right. But again, it's another Alfred without a mustache. When are we going to get a Al- mustache Alfred? We haven't seen one since the Adam West TV show. One day it's going to yeah. happen. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, but oh, See, here I am being a hypocrite. I'm complaining about uh, Alfred not having a mustache, but yet I'm not saying anything about Ben McKenzie's court having a mustache. <laughs> <laughs> um, but has there been a live-action Alfred that had a mustache? Just the Adam West one. That's about it. Yeah, yeah. I, I think he looks cool. I think yeah. he looks good. Looks good. Everyone's looking good so far, except for my minor complaint with Selena Kyle trying <laughs> too much to look like Catwoman. <laughs> but what's also cool, these aren't official like released images because we're getting like those poster images of each character. It seems like we're getting one every other day. But yeah. actually has some set photos of them shooting the Wayne murder scene, which I didn't know if we were actually going to see that or if it was going to be something where 
Gordon hears about the case and it's never shown, but yet he meets Bruce in the station. They said in like one of the official write-ups that the first episode is going to be the Wayne's murder. Yeah, I just think it's cool that they're actually going to show it. And if you look yeah. at those pictures, it kind of looks a little different than what we're used to. I mean, it could be all in a different context, but we see, a, we see the mugger there, and it looks like Thomas and Martha are on the floor, but they're not dead yet. So I just wonder if something different happens where they get killed in a way that's different than what we're normally seeing. And then usually, I don't know if this is going to be Joe Chill, if they're going to go a different way with who kills them, but usually whoever kills them just runs off. But this person, if you look at the image with both his parents dead, you just see him walking casually behind Bruce. Like, it's no big deal. He's just walking there, not running. So I'm just really curious to see how this scene's going to play out in the series. And if it's going to be some big mystery or twist to who actually is the Wayne's murderer in this storyline. So definitely. I hope not. <laughs> if they follow the comics, it'll probably probably be Penguin. <laughs> That's behind it. It's behind everything. <laughs> Young Oswald Cobblehot's first uh, hit, I guess, on the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but when you said something looked different, I was like, yeah, but they're in an alley, Tim. <laughs> they're all together. What's going on? And then I remember that image. And, and maybe that's when they they weren't filming or something. Maybe yeah. Maybe that, that was just weird. like yeah the the Joe Cho character just like walking <laughs> behind the uh, the the Bruce Wayne character. <laughs> it's always I always love seeing the different interpretation of this like iconic moment in Batman's history being brought to life, whether it's in a movie or an animated form. This is because everyone does it differently. Batman Begins was different than how 89 did it, so looking forward yeah. to seeing this interpretation, too. Yeah, and I'm surprised a lot of people didn't like the Batman Begins version. I thought that was the best version on on film. Really? Because I don't hate it. I just I prefer the 89 one, actually. I just thought the edits were just too quick in how they showed Joe Kill shoot Thomas and Martha. You really didn't get a good look at him. Like, we just shot really quick each cut, so... That yeah, yeah, that's the, the complain about yeah, it. but that's part of the point, though. That's part yeah. of the point because it, you know it's it, it was a quick random act of violence that changed his life, and like, it, I mean, it's so violent without being violent, mm. you know. Yeah, I get your point. Like, okay. the gun goes off, Thomas Wayne falls over, and you know Martha is screaming. Her only lines, by the way, in the entire movie. Yeah, uh, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> and like. You know, she's screaming, like, on the top of her lungs, and then, like, the gun goes off again, and it's silent. And Bruce is just standing there. It's quick, it's violent, it's it's violent without being violent. And it's kind of, you know, traumatic, too, to see that. And, like, the follow-up scene kind of, like, sets it up perfectly, too, you know, with, with Bruce blaming himself. And, yeah. I, I don't know, I, I, I just thought it worked perfectly. I don't know why, but the thing that I, I don't really know why like, people hate it so much. Yeah, I don't get the hate either. But the thing I really liked about the 89 one is that I just love how young Bruce, I mean, he's still scared, but he's still staring down Jack Napier there. Like, he's, you can kind of see Batman being born in that moment where, like, you can still see the fear inside him, but he's not, like, looking at his parents or just, like, screaming looking for help. He's just staring at Jack Napier. I want to say Joe Chill, but no, they had to make it the Joker. <laughs> That's what I really liked about that, how that one played out. That's too quick, you know, from Bruce being a boy to Bruce starting his journey to becoming Batman. Yeah, but see, I thought they did it in a good way, where he kind of still had that 
look of fear in his eye where like, yeah, my my family has just been killed at the same time he's not looking away from like the the evil that did it to him. <laughs> I, I I guess it's it's another uh a Mr. Freeze thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Except I, I didn't say I hated the Batman Begins one, unlike Scott Spider's <laughs> Mr. Freeze. <laughs> um, but, uh, Jake, Alex, if you're listening to this part, I want you to, in your next emails, I want you to uh, uh, give us your opinion on two things. One, Mr. Freeze, Scott Snyder's Mr. Freeze story, the rewriting of Mr. Freeze's origins. Do you side with me? Who likes that? Or do you side with Tim? Who hates it? Now, the second thing, do you like the Batman Begins version of the Wayne, the Wayne family murders? Or do you like the Batman 89 version? I like the Batman Begins version, and Tim likes the 89 version. So, just just give us your opinion. Yes. And we'll see who the victor is. They're each gonna, they're gonna pick one of each, and we're still gonna have a tie. And I'll watch. Uh, well, then Rob will be the, the tiebreaker, and then... Yeah. <laughs> He'll pick something completely different, and we'll still be in a tie. <laughs> yeah. But I have to say, overall, I'm liking the look of Gotham. Yeah, just the whole look of it, with the characters, and the tone looks like it's going to have set. And there's even other set pictures of you see Gordon running on rooftops, and then him and Bullock just sitting on in front of a house or something. So, overall, just the look of the series is looking good. <laughs> look, looking look good. <laughs> Try saying that two times fast, but yeah, I'm happy with the way Gotham is developing, and this hopefully it lives up to its potential. Just judging the show from that, it's already sold itself halfway. Mm-hmm. You know, j- hopefully the writing is good, and hopefully, you know, everything is all good behind the scenes, and it'll be a good show. And please just don't oversaturate it with Batman villains. That's all I'm worried about <laughs> right now. Just have the first season be with the two characters you reveal here, Selina Kyle and. Oswald Cobblepot. That's all it needs. <laughs> if the show gets bad ratings, then it's... Yeah. Uh, like, like the critical, <laughs> Yeah, like the critical claim is like non-existent. Here comes the Joker. Here comes Killer Croc. Here comes Scarecrow. Here comes Man Bat, even though we don't Whoa. need him. <laughs> just had a big earthquake right now. <laughs> what? I'm just having a big earthquake right now. Really? Yeah. <laughs> So this is live? Yep. <laughs> wow. Wow, this, this has to be a first in podcasting. This has to be a first. It was a pretty big one, too. We've got some smaller ones over the past few weeks, I would say, but this is yeah. a pretty big goal. <laughs> Did it shake, like, your entire house? Yeah. Like, everything started shaking? Yep. Wow. I hope there's no tsunami warning. Yeah, we're not close to anything, or far as, like, beaches and stuff like that. Well, of course, beaches, but... <laughs> no, I'm not worried about you. I'm worried about me, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> I think you would have felt it. <laughs> wow. We're we're breaking new ground here, Tim. <laughs> Literally, the earth's shaking. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, God, I got walked right into that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, actually. Uh, on the Hobbit, the first Hobbit movie on the commentary... They had an earthquake there too, and Peter Jackson's oh, what's oh, we're having an earthquake right now. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but this has to be a, a first for podcasting. <laughs> you might be right. I haven't encountered that yet on a podcast, and if that happens, maybe they edit it out. No, no, this is the first Tim. <laughs> <laughs> I, gotta, um, I gotta see what it is on a Richter scale. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, earthquakes aside, <laughs> Tim. Did anything break in your house? Did you hear anything fall on? All my toys are still standing. I have my speakers on some flimsy stands that have 
fell off tons of times before, and they're still standing, so I'm all good right now. Okay. Uh, our uh, our next piece of news is uh, the the plans for Batman's 75th anniversary. And you know what? I'm just going to read this whole thing. <laughs> it's a pretty long thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. Uh, well, anyway, um, it, it pretty much just says uh, that to mark the milestone, the 75th anniversary milestone of Batman, uh, Warner Brothers and DC uh, revealed their plans for a year-long celebration befitting the world's most popular superhero, Tim. Highlights of the anniversary program, which starts today, including a new commemorative 75th anniversary Batman logo and an exclusive Cape Cow Crate art exhibit featuring 20 contemporary artists' interpretation of the Dark Knight's iconic call, headpiece, and cape from the upcoming Batman Arkham Knight video game. Leave it to DC to make, like, the 75th. Fifth anniversary of one of their, their most legendary characters, uh, and just forget that and make it a marketing scheme for Batman Knight, <laughs> Ar- Arkham Knight. Yeah, it's you know, all this lot. stuff was planned by design. Yeah, I know. It's like you j- can't just leave the 75th anniversary alone. But anyway, uh, well, it's good they're celebrating um, it. I think it's good. Yeah. Uh, it's a first period Detective Comics number 27. Blah, 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 blah. In that part, though, I gotta say, give them credit. They mentioned Bill Finger. They just didn't say by Bob Kane. So that's a big step in my book. <laughs> At least acknowledging Bill Finally. Finger. Yeah. Didn't say create. I guess they just can't do it on the comics. Yeah. Because it said, like, conceived of and drawn by 22 year old Kane with his frequent collaborator, Bill Finger. So, scripting the story. So, that's something. <laughs> his name is there. But, yeah, there's, like, a lot of stuff they're doing throughout the years. I mean, there's a lot <laughs> to go through to read everything, but the thing yeah, that Yeah, yeah, like, 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 what is this? This Batman Day. DC Entertainment is also partnering with thousands of comic retailers, bookstores, and libraries for Batman Day on Wednesday, July 23rd. Each location will host a Batman 75th anniversary celebration and offer fans a free special edition Batman comic. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So now we have Batman Day to go along with May the 4th. Yeah. <laughs> you nerd. <laughs> Actually, in February, there was Green Lantern Day, too. I don't know if you knew about that. Uh, I, I bet your brother was... So excited on that day. He uh, celebrated it with uh, a lot of pictures of Ryan Reynolds. (laughs) (laughs) I think you're right. He is literally the only one posting (laughs) pictures of Ryan Reynolds as Green Lantern with the Henry Cavill Superman. um, What's her name? Gal Gadot. Yeah. And... uh, (laughs) uh, the new Flash, Grant Gustin. Yeah, yeah, the new Flash. <laughs> he is literally the only person that's posting these pictures. It's it's funny, but it's also like, yeah, he would fit in the uh, the DC Universe movie thing. <laughs> Except the movie bombed. <laughs> yep, unfortunately. So, so have you have you sat your brother down and said, "Listen, what's his name?" Justin. Listen, Justin. Sorry, but there is no way in hell <laughs> Ryan Reynolds is going to be Green Lantern in Man of Steel 2. Not in those exact words, but I have to say, yeah, he's not coming back. 
Oh, man, he still wants. He's just he's really concerned that it's going to be a different Green Lantern than Hal Jordan in the new Justice League movie. He just he really wants Hal Jordan. <laughs> That's what he's worried about. It's going to be Guy Gardner. Yeah. <laughs> Ball haircut and all. Liked, yeah, the least liked Green Lantern. <laughs> but, but you I, know, I, I wouldn't mind seeing John Stewart. That's what a lot of people are saying. And yeah, even yeah. that he doesn't want. <laughs> he just wants something about Hal Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> but going back to the Batman 75th anniversary stuff, the thing that really jumped out to me that I'm excited for, shocker, shocker, <laughs> new animated shorts from Bruce Tim. Um, I, I have a feeling it's going to be like that 75th anniversary Superman thing he did, which is really cool. But also, too, that Darwin Cook is doing a short of Batman Beyond, and I can't wait for that. I mean, he worked on this, the show before when it was originally on, and i just curious to see what exactly it's going to be. The only thing disappointing is that it's a short. <laughs> I wish it was like a standalone movie or something, but those are the two things that have me most excited for this whole 75th anniversary celebration. What if it sucks, Tim? <laughs> it won't. Just for Tim. It'll be so short anyway, it's like you can't nitpick too much of it. <laughs> like, have you seen that Superman animated short? No, no, I haven't. It was on, it's on the Man of Steel Blu-ray, and... Well, I've even seen people nitpick that, like, come on, it's only like a minute long, and you're saying, oh, they didn't include this. This is an important part of Superman's history. How can they leave it out? Like, ah, is there ever going to be anything no one ever complains about? <laughs> yeah, if, if DC and Warner Brothers can figure out how to give everybody what they want separately, <laughs> then yeah. Yeah, there's a way, Tim. <laughs> not a practical way, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, definitely not practical. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing cool, too, they're planning a 25th anniversary, I guess, new release of the 89 movie. I wonder what's going to be different about it, but something to look out for. It's going to be, like, the special editions. They're going to, like, <laughs> add, like, all new kinds of stuff in it. But those and people are going to complain about them. Yeah. <laughs> they're going to insert that scene with Robin, and, with Joker killing Robin's parents. Yeah. <laughs> they're going to get Michael Keaton back <laughs> to film this scene. <laughs> Do you think he could do it, though? I don't think he can. No, he can't, though. Yeah, because he's aged, and not very well. Um, And he's never really had a hit after Batman, did he? Did he? He might be right, but I'm not sure. That that uh, Jack Snowman, or... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Was that a hit? Jack Snow, what is it called? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Jack Frost, I think. Jack Frost, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jack Frost. Multiplicity? That wasn't really a hit, though. No. Uh, oh, oh, White Noise. White Noise, that that was a big hit, even though it got bad reviews. I'll take your word That's for it. I guess. It's not even ringing a bell to me. Yeah, that was like the Supernatural one, where like he hears like his wife's voice in uh, like Static or something, and ends up being the devil or something. Okay. <laughs> I, uh... I watched that movie, but not very closely. <laughs> Just like Rush Hour 2. Like, Rush Hour 2. I like Rush Hour 2. <laughs> or, sorry, not Rush Hour 2. Um, Shanghai Moon. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> Shanghai Moon. Yeah, yeah Shanghai Moon. the second one. Yeah, what's the second one called? Shanghai Nights. Is it Sh- yeah, Sh- Shanghai Nights is the one. The one where they go to England. Yeah. Yeah. That was another one that... I didn't think I I saw until I saw it on TV and I was like, yeah, I saw this movie when it came out. It, it, it's kind of like um, I didn't know that I went to go see the Eagles until I saw an Eagles. <laughs> so it's at Walmart and I saw Eagles TV. 
I was like, yeah, that's right. I went to go see the Eagles. <laughs> Dan, I paid money to go see. I had no idea what I was paying. Yeah, and they're not cheap. They're not cheap tickets either. So, I don't know how I forgot that. <laughs> Obviously, wasn't that great of a concert. But I do have an yeah. update on the earthquake. It was a five point three. Oh, it's not that bad. That is kind of the biggest one we've had in a while, actually. Oh. It's going to be on the news watch. Yeah, I'm sure it is. <laughs> it and they're going to do like a 15-minute section on it. I'm sure. Even though it was only for like two seconds. <laughs> it was actually, I would say it was maybe about 15 seconds, 15 or 20, something like that. It, it was like, oh, a, really? It was one that built up. Like, it was a quick, it was a shake that it built up and built up. Oh, I didn't hear it. <laughs> maybe, maybe I talked over it when I went, whoa, <laughs> what happened to this quick? Well, I heard like a little bit of it, like right when you said, whoa. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know it, it was going on for, like, 15 seconds. Yeah, I didn't say anything for the first, because, it, like, it started off kind of just a jolt, and then it kept going. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Like, should I wait for the hallway or something? <laughs> You're like that one person on the on the Titanic. That was just, like, when the Titanic hit the iceberg and it made, like, a big noise and, like, the ship shook. It was just like, oh, you know what, just forget about it. It'll pass. <laughs> I think I've got to do here. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> Um, anyway, um, did you see any other news, Tim? Is that it? That was about it. All right, so we can move on to our uh, Bat Fans Without Pants. You know, screw it. I'm just going to say Bat Fans. (laughs) (laughs) It's got too long for you. (laughs) Our uh, conversation with Alex. Um, Our Bat Fans Without Pants uh, conversation with Alex. And uh, back now. <laughs> we got, or you want to? Oh, yeah, or do you want to have a slash? Listen with Alex and Jake. You know, let's hold off on Jake for a second, for, or for an episode. Let's wait until he sends his. I think he's on his third or fourth email. Yeah. Let's wait until he sends his fourth email <laughs> or third before we uh, before we include him in Alex's title because Alex's title, I don't think you can screw with that until. It's like confirmation, you know? Yeah. You have to earn your way to the title. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, Alex says, uh, great episode and discussions as always. You redeem yourself with the we- this week's album art. Thank you, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> I think I just better. Yeah, like that, that, that has got to be like one of our worst. <laughs> yeah. <album art. laughs> uh, he says, uh, uh, I think Ray Capullo is not my favorite Batman artist. His art has been fantastic, but that last issue of his blew me away. I love the gritty, cartoony style he has. FCO, Pasazalea, his <laughs> colors uh, are what brought it to the next level. Not enough people give the colorist credit. You know what, Alex? You're so freaking right, especially on Batwoman. Yeah, like I said before, of not giving like colorists or like, colorists and uh, yeah. inkers enough credit. Yeah, uh, but he says, um, I think there's an ambulance. <laughs> I don't hear anything. Okay. Okay, he says, all right, so he's, he goes on to say, I hope we continue to get a variety of colors instead of the usual grays and blacks. Keep the zero year thing going. All right, and his first question is, what? theme song from a movie or TV show do you think fits Batman best outside one of his own? 
and at what point would you use it to enhance a scene in a Batman story? I choose the Jaws theme every time. <laughs> oh, no, wait, sorry. I choose the Jaws theme every time Batman uses stealth to sneak up on an unsuspecting criminal. And I would say, I don't know if you consider this cheating, Alex, so uh, sorry if it is, uh, but I choose the Manus theme for for uh, for Batman. It's got that heroic thing. It doesn't match him at all, but it has that heroic sort of theme to it. Uh, but what about you, Tim? Now, this is going to be pretty obvious coming from me, but I have to pick something from Star Wars. Of course. <laughs> I think one that would be good would be Duel of the Fates because of the choir that it has in there. I'm not sure what scene it would work best on, but something where Batman is making a grand entrance. Maybe when he's breaking through the glass in 89 to save Vicky Bell from the Joker or something. Just where somewhere he makes a big entrance to the scene. Just the way the choir um, introduces the song. Kind of gives the feel of the opening for Mask of the Phantasm where it has the choir singing the Batman animated series theme. So I think that could work pretty well in certain scenes in Batman movies. All right, so his next question is, what is your favorite quote from a Batman comic? It can be said by any character. Mine is from Nightfall when Batman says, all men have limits. They learn what they are and learn not to exceed them. I ignore mine. Man, this is going to be <laughs> super tough. <laughs> I wish you would have forwarded me this email so I could have time to think about it. <laughs> oh, my bad. I forgot. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to pick one. It doesn't, not because it inspires me or has special meaning to me or anything, but just something that always stuck out to me where it's something that we hardly see Batman ever do is where he reveals himself to Joe Chill where he goes, where he asks him, he tells him about the story of Bruce Wayne's parents murdered. And Joe feels all like, "How do you know this? Who are you?" And he says, "I am the son of the man you murdered. I am. I know because I am Bruce Wayne." And he takes off his mask. It's the way he says it, and it's the way it's drawn in the Old Tell Legend of the Batman comic series. It always stuck out to me. That was the first time I ever saw Batman reveal himself to anybody, and for it to be his parents' killer that he does that, it makes perfect sense. <laughs> that would be the only time he does do that. And just declaring who he really is, having the person who made him really know what he did. And I thought it was done real well in both that and the Brave of the Bold episode, Chill of the Night, actually. And that line where he just says, I am the son of the man you murdered. I know because I am Bruce Wayne. It always stuck out to me over the years. So I'll go with that. Yeah, for me, uh, I'm going to go back to the killing joke where uh, Bruce is in front of the, the Bat computer. And he he's looking at like all his information on the Joker. And he says something like, "How can you fight somebody so long and not know anything about them?" Hmm. I just I just really like that scene. And, and, and plus two, it's kind of like when I first read it, I was like, "Yeah, you know what? They don't know anything about each other yet. You know, they're they're arch enemies, and they've been fighting each other for so long, and they know nothing about." So it's just one of those clarifying sort of lines, you know? Yeah, or it could mean. Where they know so much about each other, but at the same time, they don't know anything about each other. You know, yeah, right. right. All right, so his next, his final question, Tim. So we have to say goodbye to Alex after this. As long don't as it's not a tough one. <laughs> uh, he says, what do you think is the endgame scenario for Batman? Does he go the Batman Beyond or Kingdom Come route? Pass the mask over to Robin and settle down and get married or die in a com? Die in combat at a younger age. 
You don't have to pick any of these. I was just throwing out ideas. I think he passes it on. I mean, he can't do it now, <laughs> but he passes it on to Damien. Or that's what I like to think. In my own little private continuity, that's what he does because that that Damien Batman is so cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of on the same page as you, maybe not specifically Damien, but I just do like the stories kind of where Batman Beyond type, where he lives on as an older person and trains like the next generation of of who's going to be Batman. And I would like to know for, I mean, he's been Batman twice for a short amount of time, Dick. I would like to see Dick officially take on the mantle permanently as Batman. But at the same time, he's not, Bruce retires and he gets too old. Dick isn't going to be that much younger, so <laughs> can't really be too much of an effect of Batman as it would in his prime, but this is a story of Batman getting old, but still continuing on the war on crime as an old man. This is something I always like. I don't like it. Didn't want to see an endgame story where he dies as Batman, because Batman would figure out a way to uh, cheat death any way possible, <laughs> just by his skills. Not by Lazarus Pit or anything, but just by surviving. So that'd be my ideal way. I was kind of thinking, like, you know what, I guess I changed my answer. Um, it's kind of like the anti- Batman Beyond route, where uh, yeah, Bruce does pass on the uh, the mantle to whoever, let's say Terry, but Terry doesn't need his help, and he ends up dying a lonely old man by himself mm. with nobody around him. Because if you think about it, he's pretty much exiled like everybody, yeah, and he's not really close to anybody, and the only person he's really close to is Alfred. That that's pretty much the only person you can make an argument for. And he, he's not really close to Alfred. And, you know, Alfred's already an old man. And so when Bruce is old, Alfred's probably dead. So yep. I think he he sadly dies an old, lonely, uh, sad person yeah, that, know, with nobody to mourn his death. I think he becomes a recluse and, you know, he's just, you know, he just dies alone. That has been brought up on several stories for Batman Beyond where even Terry says, like, you're just going to die and a lonely old man, like, after they've had fights and he leaves for a shorter period of time. Like, they've hinted at that a lot. And it's funny, even yeah. uh, Bruce Timmons say they had, like, talk about stories, idea of, like, would they do a story that shows the death of Bruce Wayne? He's like, no, I just can't do it. I can't ever kill off Bruce Wayne. <laughs> but I would have loved to see what they would have came up with. Um, Alright, so, uh, I guess we can move on to uh, uh, Jake's email. Oh, sorry, Jacob. Um, so, so thank you, Alex, for your email. Uh, so, sorry, Alexander. Sorry, I'm getting the names wrong. So, sorry, Alexander. I mean, uh, uh, thank you, Alexander. Uh, but uh, Jacob, otherwise known as Jake, but we call him Jacob, his proper name, his, his given name. Uh, he says, uh, good morning from Washington, Washington State. I, I thought he lived in North Carolina. I don't know why he said I think I said that on the last episode. My bad, uh, Jacob. Uh, he said, I finally drafted a two, three, two to three sentence promo statement, and I wanted to get your approval before I submit, submit it, since your podcast is mentioned as the source. I used a combination of my words, words from the show, I think, and the statement released by DC announcing what's being done for Batman's 75th anniversary. I was advised by the guy helping with the orga- organizing to leave the word the words without pants off your kind of name <laughs> since this promo is going up the coast. Yeah, good idea. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> good on you, Jay. 
Uh, he says, if you like it, I'll submit it. And then I'll have everything done promo-wise. Here's the link of the promo so far. Thanks. Uh, and it's it says, um, Dark Knight, Cape Crusader, World's Greatest Detective. Whatever you know him as, Batman ultimately ultimately serves as an example of how someone can push themselves to overcome an obstacle, great or small. He is proof you don't need superpowers to be a superhero. Batfans podcast. Nice. Good? Yeah, yeah good. Really good. Uh, yeah, <laughs> much better than what we came up with <laughs> on the last episode. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to keep uh, it short, but, he, but that was nice. A life lifing one that got all the points across, so, yeah. Batfans approved. Yeah, it's better than... <laughs> it's better than, than anything we could have came up with. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> showed on the last episode. But he uh, sent in a couple more emails. He's, uh, I guess we can just finish up with that. So I said uh, just pretty much thanks, uh, with uh, and and that it was without pants with a 52-inch size waist approved. <laughs> he says, thanks for getting back to me. I just... It, it just occurred to me that I can still put the full name on the poster just with a very small 8-point font or smaller <laughs> like this. <laughs> and he gives an example on the bottom. You have to like, have uh, fine glass to see. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay, Jake. Um, if it's going up in schools, we don't want to seem inappropriate. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if you want to see this movie. And uh, we kind of don't want to tarnish the filmmaker's name. <laughs> Um, but his next email, he he pretty much uh, says, before I get to my questions, I'd like to congratulate you on being part of the new 52 after your last podcast. Now you guys can change your origin stories and pick and ch- uh, what does that say? Pick and choose what is was real in your lives. Also, I subscribed to Robin Everyone Loves a Drake podcast, and I wanted to tell Rob that episode five was great. It was good hearing from Terrence, and I learned a lot from both of you. It has been a few years since I read Death in the Family or A Lonely Place of Dying, and after listening to the show, I reserved a copy to look over all the stuff you guys pointed out. I would give the episode 5 out of 5 minutes Tim Drake takes to watch Corey take a shot. <laughs> what? Okay. Uh, <laughs> I would give this. I would give the episode 5 out of 5 Tim Drake minutes. Five out of five minutes Tim Drake takes to watch Corey take sh- take a shower before asking where Nightwing is. <laughs> I take it that's a moment from the comic story <laughs> from oh. a lonely place to die or death in the family. <laughs> but he has a question, Tim. His first question is, Arkham Knight is supposed to be a new villain. In Arkham Knight, there's supposed to be a new villain that will be included in the DCU. But if you could build a villain from the existing DCU, who would it consist of? Do you think the Arkham Knight is to Batman as Reverse Flash is to Flash? Uh, interesting question, actually. I never thought of that for the Arkham Knight villain, which, by the way, they released some new images, and it looks really cool. I love the outfit that they have on him. Of course, there's a big mystery of who who he is. They say he's a brand-new character, but I just have a feeling he's going to be somebody we know, and they're just keeping it a secret, but definitely looks cool. But I can kind of see that being the opposite of Batman, like reverse flashes to flash. So interesting. But as far as building like a, a villain from the existing DCU characters, um, I know we tried to do that with the last one. <laughs> we tried to create our own villains. That didn't go too well. But yeah, I think characters, villains that they should take from when building new characters that are some of the best in the DCU, or of course, be Joker, uh, Luthor, and Sinestro are probably my three favorite 
villains in the DC universe. And if they're going to try to create any new villains at all, it's best to take stuff from those three characters. Because one of them is just psychotic, and it's just, as Alfred said in The Dark Knight, like to watch the world burn. It's just evil. Luthor is someone who wants to look good in front of the public eye, but does shady things and terrible things to make himself look good. And Sinestro really believes he's a good guy, wanting to bring peace and justice to the universe, but his methods are way too extreme. So those are three characteristics of villains I always like reading about. So I would definitely go off those as building blocks to build a new villain. All right, so his second question is, who is the trio of heroes going to be in Star Wars Episode Seven? And I, I will answer this first. No, no, Tim, you should answer this first. <laughs> well, too bad we can't officially answer it, since we still got no casting announcements or details about <laughs> it. But I personally think the heroes is going to be, two of them are going to be offspring of either Han Solo and Princess Leia or Luke, and if he ends up having a wife, they're offspring. But I'm leaning more towards Han and Leia's kids. It's going to be two of them, and then one being a brand new character who is not part of the Skywalker or Solo family, maybe a friend of theirs or something, or just a new character who they get introduced to during the movie. So two that are going to be part of the Skywalker slash Solo family and one brand new character not related to them. That's how I see it playing out anyway. You see, that's what everybody thinks. Yeah. And I think you guys are going down the wrong route. I'm thinking Wicket, Jar Jar, <laughs> and uh, Slacious Crumb. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> How could I be so blind? <laughs> it's right in front. The answer is right in front of you, Tim. <laughs> Who's gonna be the leader of that uh, ragtag <laughs> trio? Probably Salacious. I, I give it to Salacious. <laughs> I would. I would go with Wicked, actually. Oh yeah, you know what? Wicked's kind of kind of got a an attitude to him. So yep. yeah, probably <laughs> Wicked. Yeah. Well, um, we figured out the plot. Yeah. Episode seven done and done. Yep. It is an exclusive. Exclusive Bat Fans Without Pants and Socks and 52-inch waist. Exclusive. You heard it here first. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, thank you guys for your emails. We love you guys. This is the best part of the show for me when I get to answer you guys' questions. I love you guys' questions. No homo. <laughs> Keep them coming. Keep them coming. Uh... And you know what? I should probably say the link for uh, Jake's tug thing. Yeah, that would be nice. <laughs> uh, let me let me find that really quick because you know he's got to get people to sign up for this thing, and it's ten bucks. So I mean, it's better than going to see Divergent. <laughs> 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 you got terrible reviews, by the way. Uh. But the the link is tug t u g g dot com slash go slash seven nine g v x q. So just go over there if you're in the Washington State area, and um, you know s- sign up for that 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 screening and just just give ten bucks. I mean it it goes to charity. You can't go wrong. Yeah. And I think you said an autism uh, charity. So. Even better, right? So you'll be glad you did once you see the movie, I'm sure too. Oh yeah, how much it inspires everyone who watches it. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Um, but 
I guess with with that we can get into our comic book reviews then. Let's do it. All right. So this episode, I mean, this part of the episode is going to be really, really spoilerish, spoilery, spoilerific. So if you haven't read your comics, it's fantastic. <laughs> Down past right by me. It's fantastic. So uh, if you haven't read your comics, you might want to come back to this section later. Or if you don't care about being spoiled, like, like like you don't care if you know the entire plot of episode seven before you actually see episode seven, <laughs> then you know feel free to listen to this part without reading your comics. So uh, for this episode, we're covering the covering the weeks of March nineteenth and March twenty sixth. For March nineteenth, we have Batman and Aquaman number twenty nine. Weird pairing, yes. um, <laughs> likely pairing. Uh, it can't be too good, right? <laughs> we'll find out. <laughs> you will find out. Uh, and for March 26th, we have Batman the Dark Knight number 29, the last one. Yep. And we have Batman Beyond 2.0, and that's going to be the second arc. Recap. So, uh, March 19th. Tim, why don't you tell us about the 5 out of 5 Batman and Aquaman number 29. <laughs> but before we hear about... Batman and Aquaman number twenty nine. We need to get a ra- give our rating scale, Tim, and a rating scale for this issue. I mean, this, <laughs> this episode is going to be bad fashion decisions we made as children, and there were a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Tim, why don't you tell the good people about Batman and Aquaman number twenty nine, which is going to be a five out of five, right? <laughs> Not quite. No. This one, even the cover, reminded me of um, just the Brave and the Bold story that you would see of Batman and Aquaman team up. But it kind of played a, a little bit like that, but not quite as uh, humorous of the whole story. This is kicking off the Hunt for Robin storyline where Bruce is trying to track down Rachel Gould because he stole Talia and Damien's bodies from Wayne Manor. And his base happens to be like, under an ocean or near the ocean. And as Batman's on his way over there in a Batboat, he runs into Aquaman who's investigating, like, some cries he's hearing of some whales, and he's investigating that, which is near Rachel Gould's uh, base, where Batman's heading to. So they make their way over there. They get ambushed by some members of the League of Assassins and some man bat, ninja man bats. They take them out. And it pretty much this issue went by really quick, really. It's just basically them infiltrating Rachel's base, trying to find the bodies, but to capture Rachel, Rachel Mason's escape with the bodies, and the big battle that they have to go through here is a bunch of Damien clones that didn't quite <laughs> turn out right. And I have to say, Patrick Gleason's art really, <laughs> I guess, it kind of freaked me out in a way with some of the designs he had of these Damien clones. There's like this big hulking one where his eyeball's falling out, one with two heads on both sides. It's really creepy stuff. And you, get, there's, you should see Batman's face on it. I was like, like, oh my god, what has he done? What has Rachel Gold done to my son? And you see him fight, like, it's real hard for him to fight these clones, which is probably, I would say, the best part of the issue is to see Batman deal with this. I mean, he's still trying to get over the trauma of losing his son, and to fight these perverted versions of him, really, as clones, is just, must have been really hard for him to take, and Patrick Gleason's art really showed how creepy they are. There's one panel with them in the water, where one of them's head, where his eyeballs sticking out, and you see seagulls on, on there trying to pick it out. It's like, really disgusting stuff. <laughs> So him and Aquaman, they don't find Rage, but Batman doesn't want Aquaman to kill these clones because, of course, he thinks there's of him still as Damien. So Aquaman helps out by summoning a big whale to come swallow them <laughs> as they like, take down Rage's men and all the members of the League of Assassins. 
And it turns out that the reason Aquaman was hearing the cries of whales was that Raish was growing these Damien clones inside of whales. So since they have some whale, they were born inside of a whale, Aquaman was able to communicate with them. And that's how we got him to stop attacking Batman and moved him out into the ocean to where the whale can swallow him. And not really swallow him, but keep him in his mouth. And then when everything got cleared, he'd let him out. There was a cool moment, too, where Batman chased Raish on his plane. And Batman almost had him about to uh, break his glass and take Raish out. But due to some fancy maneuvering, Raish uh, was able to spin the plane out and knock Batman off of it, but was rescued by the Aquaman. So the next thing was that it got revealed that Raish's next target was going to be on Paradise Island. So Batman next goes to London to get in contact with Wonder Woman and then try telling her that he needs to get to Paradise Island. And that's where the issue ends. So it wasn't bad. It wasn't great either. Just a one-and-done story with Batman and Aquaman. And their team-up wasn't the greatest. And there wasn't really too much good or funny moments or, like, good witty dialogue that you would kind of expect for them to have, which I think Jeff Johns has done a good job in the War for Atlantis storyline or Throne of Atlantis storyline in the Justice League story. Him and Batman had some good moments, and you didn't really get that here in this one. So I'll go ahead and just give this one two and a half out of five bad fashion choices we made as kids. So I didn't look too bad. <laughs> <laughs> so so what about uh, March 26th? Yeah, this is it for Batman the Dark Knight. It started off bad <laughs> with David Finch and got good and great when Greg Edwards took over. And I'd like to say it went out with a bang, but Unfortunately, it just didn't quite do it. Oh man! Yeah, it was a. I'm sure it's no fault of his own. I would think. I think it probably got because this is a short arc. This we didn't have a chance to review the last issue, issue 28, which starred in this Man Bat story. And it turns out that he's dealing with Kirk Langstrom's father, who kind of made an enhanced version of the Man Bat formula and is a superior Man Bat than to what Kirk Langstrom ever was. And this story continues on with that, where he was pretty much feeding off the blood of homeless people, figuring that nobody would miss him. But then, of course, the police and Batman got involved. And in this issue, it begins with Batman uh, being falling off. Because they had a battle in the last issue, him and Man Bat. And he, he got thrown off Man Bat, and he's falling down. It was a pretty cool action sequence where the only thing left is to fire these grappling ropes from his glove in between two buildings, just, like, really stretching his arms out. And I just love the splash page that's on here where you just really see the pain he's enduring just to save himself and keep himself from falling. So that was really a pretty cool moment in the issue. But a lot of my big problem with this was some of Batman's dialogue. It just didn't fit. I mean, he was, seems to be making a lot of wisecracks and jokes, not just to Alfred, but with, like, Kirk Langstrom's father, too, and with Commissioner Gordon. This is one of the most awkward conversations I've seen Batman had with Commissioner Gordon in a long time. It just, they were trying to make jokes and, like, sarcastic remarks on each other. It just didn't fit with me. Like, one, for example, one of them, they were talking about how uh, he says they're disgusted by what Kurt Langstrom's doing and that um, he's bound, Commissioner Gordon's bound by the law to really not – he can't get involved because it's all politics stuff. With, uh, Kurt Langstrom's funded, I think, the mayor or something where he can't – or the judge where we'll prosecute him, but he says, like, Batman, you're the vigilante, so start vigilanteing. And Batman says, I don't think that's a verb. But probably, the commissioner's all, probably not, but you catch my drift. I was like, okay. <laughs> that was some weird dialogue between those two. <laughs> and it kind of continues throughout the issue where Batman just didn't see him himself, which is kind of surprising since it's Greg Hurwitz and he's written some good stories with Batman, obviously, and just stepped off. And the whole thing is Batman confronts Kirk Langstrom's father, 
because he knows it's him, but he won't admit it. And so he has to catch him in the act to prove that he is the man. That So it turns out Batman goes to this homeless shelter in disguise because he knows he's feeding off homeless people. And so this is another thing that kind of took me off where I didn't quite get. Uh, Batman, he can't get the – he has a formula to reverse the Mandat effect, but Mandat's skin is so thick, it, the needle breaks, he can't get it into his system. So what Batman does, he has Mandat think he's a helpless civilian, and he plants his teeth in him, and he takes off Batman's costume, he sees this Batman, he starts biting him, his teeth bangs right into his chest. So Batman infected his blood with the serum, so when Mandat stabs Batman with his teeth, the serum is going to go into his blood and cure him, which it does, but the way it's drawn, I don't see how Batman could survive that. His teeth are really slammed into his chest, and I know he has armor, but it looks like something he couldn't really survive. I don't know if I missed something where they explained how, but I don't know. It just took me by surprise. Like, man, how can he survive that or endure that? This is way too painful and a fatal blow. But Batman survived and he caught Kirk Langstrom. And, but he gets off free, of course, because he's rich and he's able to pretty much buy his freedom. And he played the insanity card where uh, I was mad that I wasn't in control of myself. I didn't know what I was doing. So he gets, uh, goes off scot free. That's pretty much how the issue ends. I mean, it tries, it didn't have a, I don't know, it just didn't feel like a good conclusion for the whole Dark Knight um, series in a way. It just ended this man back arc, and yeah, I don't know what to say, because the ending wasn't what I was hoping for. There's a cool splash page where you see Batman uh, silhouettes behind a man bat, and there's some cool bats in the moonlight flying out. That was really cool, but just in a story-wise aspect, a lot to, it left a lot to be desired, really, for the final issue of the Dark Knight, so... Unfortunately, I'm just going to give this one two out of five bad fashion choices to be made as kids. As good as the series has been for a long time since Greg Roberts took over, just a shame it had to end kind of on a lackluster story, really. I wonder if he just phoned that one in. It really sounds like it. Because you know how he likes to elaborate on the villains he's working on, give them great origin stories, and and that didn't have it in this one. Like I said, it was only a two-part storyline, and it just didn't. Just didn't have it. Oh. But that's it for the Dark Knight. It's kind of sad. Yeah, to end on such a crap note. I know. Like, <laughs> oh, man. I mean, this book came back like nothing. I mean, came back so well. Yeah, at least it kind of has a yeah. bookend of starting off bad and ending <laughs> kind of bad. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah, but it was a nice run. Got to tip my hat yeah. to Greg Horowitz for resurrecting this book pretty much. From nothing. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and especially what he did with, with uh, a Mad Hatter yep. and Scarecrow. I mean, y- you got to give the guy credit. Definitely. So, uh, so I guess that's over. But uh, number uh, Batman 2.0. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, Batman Beyond 2.0, what did you think about that one? Yeah, so... I'm just going to be giving my reviews every time they finish a new story arc, and the second arc just finished. And Coincidentally enough, it was about Man Bat, <laughs> and, but it was a lot better than the Greg Hurwitz one. And so here's what I like best about this arc and pretty much what Kyle Higgins is doing in the Batman Beyond story. For the new stories he's writing, he's finding really cool ways to have it connect to old Batman, the animated series episodes. I mean, the, the story starts out with Terry fighting Shriek, yeah, but he botches it, and he ends up getting affected by his sound uh, technology beams, and he pretty much goes deaf. And Dick has to give him these new earphones. 
so they can hear again. And Terry's all, um, did you have a feeling or moment where you botched the mission? Dick's all, well, actually, there was one time, and he recounts the whole uh, experience from the episode Fear of Victory, where he gets exposed to the fear toxin, and him and Batman are using the grappling hooks to go on the rooftop, and he gets freaked out at the height of it. So it's just cool how they how he ties that in. I just love the kind of reminiscing that Dick's and lessons he's teaching to Terry. And just the way Kyle Higgins uses little ways to incorporate old, cool, classic moments from Batman the Animated Series into the Batman Beyond story is something I love reading about all the time. <laughs> like, I wish he does that. He does it enough, but I just wish – I can't get enough, and I wish I was more. <laughs> but the main thrust of the storyline is Man-Bat is stealing, like, the sound technology. And, of course, he makes a threat to the Gotham mayor and the police department, saying he's going to use his technology against the city. And they got to stop him. So in order for them to Barbara and Dick to infiltrate, have Terry infiltrate Man Bat's secret lair, he needs to partner with someone who knows him best. And Dick, or Terry thinks it's going to be Shriek because Man Bat's stealing sound technology and Shriek's a sound expert. But no, they say it's Bruce. And him and Bruce had a big falling out, which still hasn't been revealed yet. That's a big mystery about the storyline. And you can just really feel the tension that both of them have. And that made for some great dialogue as they're infiltrating Man Bat's lair, they end up getting captured and the reason why well, they get captured, but then we've learned the reason why Mandat's doing on the, all this, and we learn by story or past uh, reflection, I guess you could say, of what happened to Kirk Langstrom that Bruce tells Terry. He finds out that first it flashes back to that episode of the animated series of Terror in the Sky that talks about his wife Francine being infected with the Mandat serum but how they thought that was it. But it turns out Fat Francine got sick with Parkinson's disease, and it was pretty much terminal. And it turns out Kirk had to spend most all of his time trying to perfect the Man-Bat formula to try to get rid of the disease, and that's where he spent all this time doing, and to a point where he wasn't there where she died. And his other two kids kind of resented him for that, where he wasn't with his wife in her dying moments. But he was able to perfect the formula and to become like a Man-Bat that's conscious of himself, where it's not crazy, but he's conscious of he's smart, he knows who he is, but he just has the strength of man bad pretty much. So now he's using that and to affect other people in the city who kind of formed this group called Cult of the Bat. But now he's going to use this beam to kind of, he was going to use it on Gotham, but then it turns out he was just going to use it to destroy himself as like one last act to kind of make him pay for the sins that he made. But of course he gets stopped by uh, Bruce and Terry, makes for some cool action sequences. But then once that storyline got wrapped up, there was pretty much an epilogue issue that just came out last week where it kind of has a moment where the whole issue is pretty much Dick and Barbara kind of hashing it out, making sure that they're, they're still friends and they kind of got to work together for Terry's sake. But they know they still haven't been on the best term for years. I just like how we got an insight to what happened in their past because we know Barbara married someone else and that and beyond, but we never knew what happened with her and Dick. There were some cool flashbacks in there, too, where it flashed back to the episode Shadow of the Bat, where that was Batgirl's first appearance. And in that episode, Dick gives her a battering to use just in case she gets into trouble. That kind of came like a symbolic image to their relationship. Like, he always held on to that battering that he gave her. And it turns out he was going to use that as a way to propose to her. And there was a cool moment where he's telling Flash all about it as they're fighting Mr. Freeze of how he's going to do it to propose. But... They doesn't quite reveal what happened. He just shows a scene where Bruce or Dick pulls up to her wedding when she's marrying someone else, and he gives her that battering. But we don't know what happened to their relationship, why it didn't work out. But I'm just kind of glad to know we got a little insight into what happened where 
we know he was planning to marry her and propose to her, but hopefully we'll get the reveal of why it didn't work out soon. So overall, I'm going to give the second arc four out of five um, bad uh, fashion styles we had as kids. Just I just love what Kyle Higgins doing, just connecting it all to the animated series and just making it all tie in perfectly. Just, I couldn't ask for a better continuation of Batman Beyond. It's really doing a great job. I just wish we were seeing it on TV also. <laughs> Dude, there's no way in hell they're bringing that back, right? Like I said, we just got that upcoming short, <laughs> so I hope it's yeah. a really good short. Yeah, yeah and I guess uh, Beware the Batman is done, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> they didn't even air all the episodes. <laughs> I thought that I do have a negative about Batman Beyond. That's the thing. It just makes me wish the series was going on, because these would make for awesome episodes. All right, so with that, we are finally done, Tim. We've made it. Yep, we've made it to the end of yet another Bat Fans Without Pants and and Socks and a 52-inch size waist podcast. And a 5.2 earthquake. <laughs> and a 5.2 earthquake. Um, but uh, we just want to remind you that uh, you... Uh, <laughs> Do I need to remind you about the reminder? <laughs> you can... Um, if you need headphones, if you need earphones, headphones, earphones, same thing, uh, you can go over to tweakedaudio.com and uh, just put something in your car, check out, and uh, before you finish your checkout, just type in TBU saves, and you can get 33% off your order, and uh, free worldwide shipping, so just go, go over to tweakedaudio.com and type in the promo code TBU saves. And uh, we just want to remind you also to go over to the thebatmanuniverse.net and check them out on Facebook at facebook.com slash thebatmanuniverse or on Twitter. And the Twitter handle is at batmanuniverse. And you can follow us on Twitter. And Tim's Twitter handle is at timg311. And mine is Dane Says Banana. Uh, and you can find us on iTunes and you can rate and review us. We're still looking for that 10th review. <laughs> One day. Still looking. Still searching. One of these days, man. One of these days, we're finally going to get that 10th review. Um, but anyway, you can email us at uh, badfanswithoutpants at gmail.com. You can check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash badfanspodcast. So, with that, we love you, everybody. We love you so very, very much. Just remember that. Somebody loves you. Right, Tim? <laughs> All right. So, see you later, everybody. We love you. Goodbye. See you later. We love you. So long. Had to add something. That was Yeah. That was good. That was just over two hours. Yeah.